Genesis chapter number 9 in your Bibles. Genesis chapter number 9. Aren't rainbows absolutely beautiful? I tell you what, my wife and I live about a half a mile from, uh, from here, from the church, right over in a westerly direction. And most of our storm patterns uh, come in from the west. And so uh, it is um, typical uh, when a storm comes through from the west to the east, that from our house, once the storm has passed and the sun breaks, if it's late in the day and the sun breaks over on the western uh, horizon and we look from our home towards the church, or if I've come over to Center Street and I'm looking straight down Center Street at the front of the church, it is very typical to see a beautiful rainbow arc over top the steeple of Community Baptist Church. Rainbows are amazing. You got to have the sun to your back, and you got to have rain or mist or water vapor to your uh, in front of you, looking in the direction you're looking. And when the sun's to your at your back, and there's water vapor ahead of you, God has given us the most uh, amazing picture of refractured light that just produces the brilliant and beautiful rainbow. And I love it to come out of our home and, and uh, look towards the church and see that, that rainbow. I'm trying to take pictures of it, but if you've ever tried to take a picture of a rainbow, you know, a picture just doesn't do justice to a rainbow. You've got to see it in person and enjoy the beauty of what God created uh, in that rainbow. But you know, as beautiful as a rainbow is, what it means is far more beautiful. Rainbow. A rainbow of promise from the Creator is absolutely phenomenal. So the bottom line up front this morning, the bluff, if you please, is God is a God of fulfilled promises. The rainbow means promise. And the fact that you see a rainbow means that God is still keeping his promise. And every time you see a rainbow, you ought to stop and look up to heaven and think about God as a God who makes promises to his creation. And once God has made a promise, you can count on it. God will be faithful to his promise. That's the message of the rainbow. But what does it mean to you as an individual? What does it mean to you in the confusing world in which you live? What does it mean to you when fear grips your life? What does it mean to you when nothing is normal anymore in your life? What does it mean to you when all of your plans are shredded and your future is uncertain? When Financial ruin or sickness or even death could lie in front of you as a fear of the future. What does the fact that God makes promises and keeps them mean to you in the practical day-to-day -day experience of life in an often confusing and difficult world? Well... God's rainbow has a message for each of us. It's a message that is important 
to all of us. Now, where did the rainbow come from? When did it first appear? And what does the rainbow mean? Well, here's, here's what we do know. Here's, here's the, the facts that we do know about a rainbow from the Word of God. We know that when God created the world, He created the waters above the sky and the waters below the sky. And He used the sky to separate the waters. We know that. We know that when God created the world, He first irrigated or watered His creation with a mist that rose up from the ground. That we know when God created the world. We know that much. We know that 1,656 years later, God flooded His world. And when He flooded the world in Noah's day, we know that the fountains of the deep were broken up. We know that it rained for 40 days straight. And we know between the volume of water that burst up from beneath and the volume of water that rained down from above, that whatever the world was like at that time, I'm thinking of mountains and terrain, whatever the terrain of the world was like before the catastrophic flood, there was sufficient volume of water to flood the entire created world. We know that. And we know that after God flooded the entire world, that Noah's family emerged from their one-year cruise through the Caribbean and up around Alaska. <clears throat> that God told them what a rainbow means. Now, that much we know. Now, here are some assumptions that have been taught over the history of Christianity that we don't know, but there are assumptions drawn from what we do know. There is an assumption that perhaps the conditions at creation lasted until the flood for 1,656 years. That the waters above the sky created a, uh, a greenhouse effect on earth and that it never rained for 1,656 years. It never rained and God continued to water the earth from a mist. Now the Bible doesn't say any of that. Those are assumptions that have been made on the basis of what we do know. Another assumption is that the worldwide flood changed a number of things. That the water canopy above the sky rained down on the earth and didn't exist anymore. That watering via a mist ended and no longer did God water the world from a mist from the ground, but rather the water cycle began. Evaporation and rain and drainage and evaporation and rain and the water cycle began 1,656 years after the creation. And for the first time in God's created world, a rainbow appeared. Now, those are all assumptions. We don't know any of that is true. Some, uh, many, perhaps the majority of uh, Christian scientists today who believe in the authority of the Word of God and who have studied geology and weather and everything about our world, are no longer confident that those assumptions are accurate. The predominance of opinion amongst Christian scientists 
who believe in the authority of the word of God is that the watering of the earth from a mist at the creation didn't last long and that the water cycle began early in the created world, uh, the evaporation, the rain, and that after 1,565 years, when, when the flood flooded the world, that the rainbow that appeared was not the first time a rainbow had ever appeared. They had appeared ever since there was a water cycle and a sun and water vapor in the atmosphere. Um, we don't know any of that stuff. But there is something we do know. We know what a rainbow means. You know, there are different things in life that exist for a long time, and then God gives it a meaning. And from that day on, the meaning is critical to the existence of whatever it is that he spoke the meaning to. For instance, uh, for, for generations, people broke pieces of bread and ate them. Then one day Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And he attached the meaning to something that had always been done for generations. From that day forward, that meaning was central. A pile of stones. There have been piles of stones as long as there's been a created world. But then one day God said, I want you to, every time you see a pile of, uh, pile of those stones, every time you walk by and your kids say, Dad, what's that pile of stones? Let me tell you what that pile of stones means. And here's what I want you to tell your kids. And God attached a meaning to something already in existence. We don't know when the, the rainbow first appeared. Many assume that it appeared for the first time when Noah saw it. Others believe that it had always been there. But when Noah saw it, God gave it a meaning that has never been apart from the entity of the rainbow from that day forward. And the meaning is what is all important. Not the refractured light. But what God said that refractured light means is everything to us. Because it was attached to a promise. A promise that God made that he wanted us to never, ever forget. What was the meaning that God attached to that rainbow? Well, there are really two messages in it. The first message that is in the rainbow is that God is a God of promises. He said, this is a token of a covenant. The word covenant is an important word in the Bible. A covenant is an agreement or a promise or an arrangement that God makes with his created world or somebody or some entity in his created world. And in, in uh, Genesis chapter 9, God spoke of a covenant that he was making. He said, in verse number 9, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. He talked about the living animals as well as humanity. And he said that the covenant in verse number 11, I will establish my covenant with you. And he told what the covenant was. The covenant was that God established that neither shall all flesh be cut off anymore by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there anymore be a flood to destroy the earth. God made a promise. He made a promise to the animals. He made a promise to Noah and his family. A covenant. A covenant that said, I will never again destroy my creation with the waters of a catastrophic world 
wide flood. Can you imagine when Noah and his family left the ark after being on that ark for a year and the waters, flood waters receded and the and the ark rested on Mount Ararat and they came out of the ark and mankind began to live in a new world, a new normal, uh, creating new patterns of life and 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 replenishing the earth. Can you imagine in this new world that all of a sudden when they heard the clap of thunder and when they saw the rolling black clouds of a thunderstorm rolling into their area and all of a sudden the volume of sound picked up as the claps of thunder and the roaring of the wind and they saw the blackness of those clouds and the flashes of lightning. Can you imagine the fear? Will it rain for 40 days? Will we die? And so God made a promise. God said, see that Refracted light arching across the sky. I promise you, I will never again flood this world and destroy life throughout the world. That was huge. That was everything to those people. Because every time it rained and every time the thunder uh, thunder roared and the lightning flashed, the fear that would strike them, the kids that would look up at mom and dad and say, is it going to stop? Is it going to stop? And when God showed them that refracted light in the cloud, and he said, this is my token of my covenant. This is how you will know when you see that rainbow, you will be reminded that I have made a promise. Verse number 12 of Genesis chapter 9. He said, this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and all the earth. And it shall come to pass that when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the bows shall be seen in the cloud. And I'll remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature. The waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all Flesh and the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh upon the earth. And when they would see that bow, they would be able to say, Dad, Mom, be able to say to the kids, see that rainbow in the sky? God told us that what that means is, that he will never flood the world and destroy all flesh again. You don't have to be afraid. God is a God of promise. God is a God of promise. I'm glad God is a God of promise. No doubt they would breathe a sigh of relief when the, when the wind stopped and the, and the rolling black clouds passed. And then the sun broke through and they looked and they saw that rainbow. And they remembered God made a promise. 
And we can count on that promise. But I noticed something really interesting as I was reading this. I don't know if you noticed it or not. But in verse number 14, at the end of the verse, verse number 14, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. Notice somebody is seeing the rainbow. Verse number 15, and I will remember. That's God. He didn't say, you'll remember. He said, he'd remember. When the cloud shall be seen, in the, when the bow shall be seen in the cloud, I will remember my covenant. Verse number 16, and the, the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant. Do you understand that God is telling us that he is the one looking at the rainbow? And when he sees the rainbow, he remembers the promise he made. That he would never destroy humanity again. God wants us to know that he means business when he makes a promise. You know, when you make a promise, depending on how important that promise is to you, if it's a really important promise you make... You may write a note on a post-it note and stick it on your computer monitor. Or your fridge door. Or the mirror in the bathroom. Because you made a promise, you intend to do something, and you mean business, and you don't want to forget. Now, what you may just set an alert on your tech device to remind you... 60 minutes before the promise is to be fulfilled. Now, if it's a promise you made, and you know, if you remember it, you remember it. If you don't, you don't. It's not that big a deal. You just kind of, just whatever. And you just hope, hope you remember it. Because it's not that big a deal to you. But if it's a big deal to you, you do something to make sure you don't forget. And God, eternal God, All-knowing God, never forgetting God, wants us to know that when he makes a promise, he means business. So much so that he makes himself a post-it note. That he puts in his tech device an alert to remind him. So that when it rains and people are afraid... And the circumstances around humanity might look like God might... Forget his promise that God set up something visible so that he could see it. And he would remember his promise. And he told you about it because he wants you to know that he means business when he makes a promise. He is a God of promise. Wow. 4,368 years ago, God made a promise. And a couple of weeks ago, I left our home and I looked toward the church as I came down Center Street. And there it was. I've seen it so many times. That beautiful rainbow over the steeple of the church. And 4,000 368 years later, God put 
his post-it note over top the church. And as I was looking at the rainbow, God was in heaven looking at the very same rainbow. Because he said he sees it. And he remembers what he said. And he'll do what he said he would do. <laughs> when I thought about that, that just, you know, you know, I want to kind of get the bumps go up your back, you know, and, and you just get goosebumps. God is looking at this rainbow with me as I look up. And he looks down. And he remembers the promise that he made. God is dead serious about keeping his promises that he makes with his creation. God is a God that is serious about his promises. Now, that was the first time we really have a powerful message in the Word of God. Nine chapters into the entire Bible, nine chapters in, we have this amazing story of a covenant that God makes... And a visible picture that God provides, a meaning, so that we will know that He is looking at that at the same time we're looking at it. And He wants us to know that He's a God of promises. That was just the first. I mean, you go through the rest of the Bible and you find God is a God of making promises to His creation. You go just a few pages further to chapter 12 and God signals out a guy by the name of Abraham. And he makes, a, he makes the first installment of a multi-tiered set of covenant promises to a man about his family. Who we know of today as the Jewish people, the people of Israel. And God made a covenant promise that he would bless that people group in an amazing way. And it has been said that if you only had one evidence that there is a God, all you need is to know Israel exists in the world today. That is one of the most amazing miracles. And it goes back to Genesis chapter 12 when God entered a covenant and promised a family. That he would bless them and cause them to spread. And through them, that he would bless the world. It was that family that gave us our Savior, Jesus Christ. It was that family that gave us a Bible that we hold in our laps this morning. It was through that people that God has blessed the world. Because God is a God of making promises. To his created beings. He then, he then in Exodus took Moses up on the mountain. And he added another part of that, uh, of that series of covenants. We call it the Mosaic Covenant. It was basically God promising that he would cause us to realize how sinful we are. He gave us the top ten. He says, try these out. If you can keep these ten, you can come to heaven. And then we learn later in the Bible that God had no illusions of grandeur, that anyone would ever be able to do that. But there are a lot of human beings with illusions of grandeur who think they can be good enough to go to heaven. So God made a promise. He says, if you can keep these Ten Commandments from cradle to the grave, you can come to heaven. Because he knew we couldn't. But that we didn't know we couldn't. 
So he made a promise that would cause us to face the reality of our own sinfulness. We call it the Mosaic Covenant. And then the prophets Jeremiah and Ezekiel add the new covenant to this collage of covenants to the children of Israel. It was a covenant that God would save them when they repented and would put a new heart within them. And it wouldn't be a matter of ten commandments that i I got to check them off and try to obey these commandments on the outside. God said, I will change your heart. I will take away the stony heart and I will put in a heart of flesh, a living substance. I will change you so that from your heart you want to be good because God is good and He saved you from your sin and you want to please Him and the greatest desire of your heart is to be living in conformity to the heart of your dad in heaven. We call it the new covenant. The Bible calls it the new covenant. Oh, and then we go to the New Testament and all the multiple promises that God made to to people who do get saved. Look at this verse on the screen from Second Peter chapter number uh, number one. The Bible says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through life. You can become just like God. You can become a little Jesus. People will even watch the way you live and call you a Christ young. Because God made you a boatload of promises of things that he will perform and do in your life. To enable you, once you've gotten saved, to live in conformity to the character of God. That your life no longer be a life that's, that's, that is put together by the lusts of this world and the corruptions of this world. But rather, by the character of a holy God, we can become like God. God is a God of promise. From the, from the, from the first book of the Bible to the last book of the Bible. God is a God of promises. He, for all of these years, has conveyed to us that His character is such that he makes promises. But there's a second message that kind of is the flip side of that. And that is that he's faithful to his promises. Here we are, 4,368 years after the promise of the flood. The promise that he would never flood the entire world again. And God's still keeping that promise. And he's still putting rainbows in the sky. And every time you see a rainbow, you're reminded that God is a God of promise. It's his character. It's who he is. He's a God of promises. But the second message is that he keeps his promises. He's faithful to his promises. And when circumstances around us call into question any of God's promises that he made to us. Or circumstances around us call into question his ability to uh, provide for us or his ability to protect us. When circumstances around us call into question God's ability to remember what is happening in the challenge that we're experiencing right now, then remember, God is faithful to his promises. He said it. He'll do it. 
And that kind of God you can build your life on. That kind of a God. That's the undergirding character of God that was behind the song that Hannah sang a few minutes ago. I can only find such confidence and hope in Jesus Christ because of the character of who He is. And that's the message of the rainbow. God makes promises and He keeps His promises. He won't allow a worldwide flood to destroy us. He, he will bless Israel and He will bless those who bless Israel. He will save us when we put our trust in Jesus Christ's death on Calvary. He will fulfill the exceeding great and precious promises that we read throughout the New Testament. And one day, He will judge the world again. Because He's promised He will. But it won't be with a flood. It'll be with a fire. And you find the rainbow twice in the book of Revelation. You find the rainbow in Revelation Chapter number 4 and chapter number 10, I believe it is. Twice. And you study the context of when the rainbow appears twice in the book of Revelation. You will find that at the beginning and at the culmination of the judgment of God judging His created world in His final judgment of sinfulness on earth, that God mentions the rainbow. It's the promise he won't destroy the world by flood. And he reminds us of that faithfulness to his promise as he destroys the world by fire. God is a God of promises. He'll do what he said he would do. Do you believe that? Is your God big enough to take care of you? Next time you see a rainbow, and you look up at the rainbow, stop and realize that at that moment, God is looking down from above at the very same rainbow. And as he looks at the rainbow, there's something on God's mind. What's on God's mind is, I will keep my promises to you. Our kids need to learn that. Every time there's a rainbow, we need to not stop at its physical beauty. Wow, kids, look, 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 look outside, look, look, look outside the car, look. Do you see that beautiful rainbow? Let's not stop there. Let's teach our kids the character of a God they can build their lives upon because He makes promises and He's faithful to keep them. Thank you for joining us for part of a Sunday service at Community Baptist Church. I hope to meet you soon. May God impress His love upon your heart this week.